I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Traveling with Googs. It was dark, and we were nearing the end of our first game drive when a call came in from the radio. Lions. We had seen plenty of other animals, zebras, giraffes, hippos, and others, but not the big cats I had been hoping to see on that first night. Our game guide stepped on the accelerator of the open-air Toyota Hilux and then slowed as we rounded a narrow curve, and there she was, a big, beautiful lion sitting just a few feet away from us. She was majestic, with beautiful coloring, and she was very calm. I asked if I could take a picture, and guide Mary said sure. The lion was known to the guides, and Mary was not concerned. Yet. Another Toyota arrived at about the same time and was in front of us. Then I saw another lion come from behind that vehicle. Then another. All of a sudden, one of the lions was just above me, only a few feet away. But while the first lion seemed very docile and calm, this one wasn't. It was edgy, moving its front legs back and forth and looking anything but friendly. Mary decided we had better leave, as even more lions arrived. She backed up the Hilux and hit a bush. She went forward and stepped on the accelerator, in reverse again, eventually drove us to safety. I was exhilarated. It's what I came to Africa for. I had been wanting to go on a photographic safari since I was a child, and here I was in South Africa. One of my sons had been in Cape Town years earlier as part of a program called Semester in Sea, traveling all over the world. And of all the places he visited, to this day he still talks with awe of the city. My wife and I decided it was time to put together a trip involving the city and the safari. We started searching every travel site but couldn't come up with the itinerary we wanted. Many involved very long, expensive trips. Many did not even go to Cape Town or did so just for a day or two. We were getting frustrated. Then all of a sudden we found just what we were looking for, a vacation that involved just the city and safari and at a reasonable price and length of time. Because we wanted to spend more time in Cape Town, we added several days on our own at a different hotel. Turns out that was a great idea. Not only did we get extra days, but we were able to explore more of the city and could compare hotels, one a modern New Age facility, the other luxurious. The first was Fire and Ice, part of the Protea chain by Marriott. It was a narrow studio, but cozy and nowhere claustrophobic. The shower was not blocked off, but was part of the room. The hotel service was impeccable. At check-in, the manager asked to see us. He wanted to make sure everything was okay and helped us with sightseeing ideas. At the end of each day, we called the hotel and a car quickly arrived, which was a lot easier than having to get a cab on our own. The second hotel we stayed at was the Twelve Apostles. It's five-star from start to finish. It's in a spectacular setting overlooking the Atlantic, with Table Mountain and its sister mountains in the back. The service is very attentive and friendly without being over the top. The rooms are beautiful, and I can't think of a better place to have a drink than the Leopard Bar. Cape Town is just as beautiful and magnificent as my son remembered. We arrived in August toward the end of their winter to discover sunny skies and temperatures near 70. It's a nice-sized city and very cosmopolitan, and everyone is very friendly. Many residents are from other countries, adding an interesting vibe to the city. They all appreciate its natural beauty and the generally moderate weather. It was fun to ask where everyone was from 
and to talk to them about the city they now call home. The jewel of the city is Table Mountain, which can be seen from nearly every vantage point, even as you travel distances from the main metropolitan area. It derives its name from the large flat plain of the mountain. It's best to visit on a clear day, so if it's cloudy, change your plans and go on another day. You can take a two and a half hour hike up the mountain, but most take the cable cars. We bought our tickets ahead of time, so we did not have to wait in the ticket line, which can get quite long. The views from the top are spectacular. On one side, you can see the city and beyond, while on the other, you look out into the Atlantic and the towns that dot the shoreline. Another popular site that everyone goes to is the V&A Waterfront. It was developed by Prince Alfred, Queen Victoria's son. Everyone must tell you the A is for Alfred and not Albert, the Queen's husband. One person told me it's for the tourists, but it's beautiful and lively. There is a giant Ferris wheel, dozens of restaurants, sightseeing boats, roaming musicians, and a very friendly, easygoing atmosphere. These troubadours play their music in different areas for a couple of hours, try and sell you their CD, and move on to another spot. Your guess is as good as mine as to why many of them play The Lion Sleeps Tonight. They are very good, and it's an enjoyable way to spend some time listening and people watching. The best meal I had during the trip, ostrich, was on the V&A waterfront at the Caribou restaurant. It is very sweet and very tasty. At another meal, I had crocodile. Yes, it does remind you of chicken. Another night, we ate at Balthazar, also on the waterfront. It has one of the largest wine lists I've ever seen with a sommelier who is extremely knowledgeable. One of the side trips we took was to the winelands. South Africa has a burgeoning wine industry, and some of the wines compete quite admirably with those from around the world, with prices a lot more friendly to your pocketbook. At one of the wineries, we had cheese that matched the reds and whites, and another olives that matched the wine, and at a third, they made chocolate to go with specific wines. The best was a dark chocolate with a cherry matched to a delicious red. I can't imagine what could be better than that. We also spent an amazing day traveling to Cape Point at the tip of Africa. Included is a trip to Haupt Bay and a boat ride to Seal Island. Thousands of seals together on an island reminded me of a packed commuter train. At a stop along the way, Boulder Beach, you see scores and scores of penguins. They're fascinating to watch as they waddle along and feed their young. But the way they line up on the beach looked like any of us packed in at the Jersey Shore. The only thing missing were coolers. From Cape Town, we took a two-hour flight to Johannesburg and then a two-and-a-half-hour drive to a game park. It was difficult to find the Palainsburg Preserve on a map, but it is beautiful. Unlike many parks in Africa, it's malaria-free, meaning you don't have to take malaria shots. The Shepherd's Tree Lodge is quite nice with excellent service and food. A wonderful feature of each room is an outdoor shower designed so only the animals can see you. There are two game drives a day. The first is an early wake-up call going from 6.30 to 9.30 in the morning followed by breakfast. The second drive is from 4 to 7 p.m. followed by the best glass of sherry you've ever had and then dinner. The vehicles, unlike those offered by many other lodges, can carry just a dozen people including the guide. But ours never had that many. In fact, on one tour, it was just my wife and me. The drives are a dream for lovers of wildlife and for photographers. There are herds of elephants, zebras, tessabees from the antelope family, wild beasts also from the antelope family, baboons, black, black jackals, and many others. 
you can watch the mating dance between giraffes. I learned how skittish zebra are when the click of my camera caused several to jump up. A herd of about 150 buffalo marched in a straight line until they gathered at a crossing, apparently waiting for us tourists to leave so they could cross the road. I learned how crocodiles are very good mothers. For most of our drives, we were in search of the elusive leopard. We finally found one. They're striking, and they blend in so beautifully with the surroundings, you can see why they are hard to spot. No pun intended. Before seeing the leopard, we came across a female elephant and her baby, as the mother started stepping on small trees to crush and eat. All of a sudden, a bull elephant appeared and did not like our proximity. He started following us at a decent pace. Guide Mary decided we had better leave, and quickly, since they are surprisingly fast and can easily overturn a vehicle. After leaving the leopard, we had another elephant encounter. We came across a dozen or so marching down the road toward us. This can be very dangerous. The option was to start the vehicle and possibly agitate them, or sit quietly as they passed, making sure not to look at them since looking directly can be considered aggressive behavior. One of the giants turned toward the vehicle and came within inches of us, but as our hearts pumped, decided to leave us alone. We breathed a sigh of relief, only to look up to see another herd, this one even larger, heading toward us. A baby elephant decided to get a closer look at us, human animals, that is, and just about touched the hilux. As the mother started toward us, the baby moved on, and another sigh of relief. One of the unexpected surprises of the trip is how far the dollar can go. The exchange rate at the time, approximately 14 South African rand to the dollar. While South Africa is considered expensive for Africans, it's a relative bargain for U.S. tourists. The vacation exceeded our expectations. If you're looking for the trip of a lifetime, it's something you should consider. Now that we're home, it's fun to look at a map of the world, find Africa at the tip of the continent, and say we were there. I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Traveling with Googs. <laughs>